often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 430. I am your host, Josh Albrecht. And uh, I am once again back in the Slapbox bunker. All by my lonesome, but uh, perhaps, shall we, might call it? I don't know, it's Mesterdom, maybe. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Or I'll be down here all by my lonesome. Either way, Welcome. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, we'll start out. I've been in the shit as of, uh, yesterday, as of Friday the 13th. I didn't, uh, go around wearing a hockey mask yesterday as I should have. I didn't, I didn't realize until kind of later, didn't occur to me that it was Friday the 13th. My big thing was that, uh, it was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Made its debut as I, uh, did get to play it. Didn't sleep a whole lot last night, but I did get to rock some Call of Duty Cold War, finally, after, uh, seems like an eternity since the beta came out. And this is possibly the best I've ever been on a Call of Duty. I've never, uh, been able to do as well as I have on the, uh, Cold War here. Maybe it's the scuff controller, perhaps it's the fact that I play on a monitor in front of me now, instead of playing on my TV, and I've got a headset on when I play all the time, so I hear the footsteps in my ears. I can judge much better where the people are at. That has something to do with the controls just seem nice. It's just fun. It does I mean it's not like obscenely original. It's still just another Call of Duty game, just you know, repackaged, but man, I don't know. The controls. It's nice. Also been playing uh, Call of Duty Warzone, the uh Battle Royale game online with uh Jimmy Crow Magnan, who's uh, been on the podcast. It's been a while, but uh, playing with him and a couple of his uh, buddies from work. And I'm not that great at that one, but uh, the controls are pretty much the same as Cold War. I'm not able to kill people as easily on that. And uh, I don't know, I'm not real, still real keen on the the Battle Royale stuff. I like just going in and doing like some team deathmatch or something and just fucking just kill, 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 kill. You know what I'm saying? Nonstop, boots on the ground, firing action. And, uh, Cold, uh, Warzone is just, uh, not enough in the shit to me until, like, you get to the very end. If you survive till the end when you're a small circle and everybody's, there's large groups of people. Uh, and if you're lucky to have a good weapon at the end, then you can maybe get some good kills. But uh, I'm good good at getting kills at the gulag, which doesn't help because you have to get to get to the gulag. You have to die once, and you only get to the gulag once. So, <laughs> so I don't always get a, a kill there. If I end up with a shot, uh, sniper rifle, uh, it, or shotgun, perhaps it's. Usually kind of hard for me to get a kill in there, but if I ended up with a submachine gun or assault rifle, watch out. I'm going to take you down in the gulag. Uh, I'll say, though, I mean, it's... It doesn't seem like uh, they ruined Cold War since, like, the beta. The definitely, um... My favorite gun 
in the I'd say the alpha and the beta was the uh, the Modano, the 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 Uzi, and uh, it seems like they nerfed it. I uh, not as fond of it in uh, the the main game, the 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 full full game, whatever. Uh, what have you? It's uh, definitely not as strong. I have not uh, been just annihilating people. I've been rocking the assault rifle, the XM4. That's been my main gun of choice. I've just been doing really good at it. I hear the MP5 is really good, but I have not really given that a, a day in court yet. Uh, like I, I uh, really haven't changed my loadouts a whole lot I've just been sticking with one like simple loadout the XM4 and uh, just going balls to the wall so like that's that's good stuff playing with uh, uh, another old friend of the show Toddy the Body uh, I, that's his uh, username on uh, the PlayStation Network that is Toddy yeah, Todd uh, was on the show many years ago now with uh, Trebejo and uh he's only been on one. Only been on one. But uh <clears throat> we've uh we were tag teaming it up a little bit on Cold War last night and unfortunately I have the hell of a time. Now it works fine on Call of Duty Warzone, but for some reason on Cold War it's insanely hard <laughs> for me to get the voice chat to work with uh on there for some reason with the PC. It's fucking ignorant. I don't know why. It took over an hour to get it to work last night. And I was playing Warzone the the day before, not having any problem with voice chat. I had to go through my control panel, try to disable some stuff, and enable other things, and, and under the sound settings, and it was just a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> we finally got it. We finally got it. And, uh, you know, if I maybe have just stuck with the PS4, maybe this wouldn't have been a problem, and gotten it on there instead of my PC. However, uh, I ended up going with that because I do not want to get a PS5 yet. I'm I'm holding out. I'd, uh, I've been, spent enough money on other things, and I've got other things I, I need to spend money on, and uh, that is just not a high priority, and I've been burnt in the past by uh, getting consoles next-gen consoles when they first come out. And my, I decided, basically, after I did that on the PS2, that, like, it's just not worth it uh, getting a console, a next-gen console, on its first uh, outing, whatever you, you want to say. Because, um, like, the uh, PS2... and Actually, the PlayStation 1, I did not get when it uh, came out immediately. Um, But I went through something like three or four PlayStation 1s. I burnt the shit out of those. One of those, uh, we did mod. Uh, Shelly helped me get a mod for that, and that might have led to that burning the thing up. But at least two of those were not modded. And there should have been no reason for those things to burn up. But I loved the PlayStation 1, and the PlayStation 1 wasn't, like, obscenely expensive, you know? But they did up the price when the PlayStation 2 came out, and I bought that fucker when it first came out. And I guess that's really the only system that I ever went out 
and immediately got. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, there was no good launch games. There wasn't a whole lot. I think I got Tekken Tag right out of the box, which was fun. I played that on arcade all the time, but like I, I, I didn't really get much payoff of getting it early. Other, you know, other than saying I have the system, and I find these systems have uh, a lot of issues early on. Um. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, they, it takes a while to, uh, fix some of this stuff in, in, in the, uh, tech itself in the, uh, hardware that is, uh, like the PS2 had this issue that apparently was very common in the early models of the PS2. For some reason, there's this gear in the inside near the disc tray that raises and lowers the disc to the layer laser lens, or I guess, oh, I, I guess it raises and lowers the, the laser lens and not the disc. Uh, yeah, it's the lens. Uh, for some discs, it, it, the uh, lens needed to be closer to it. Uh, you went from, you know, your PS2 games to, uh, like DVD and, and whatnot. And it had to be different heights to be able to read it properly. Well, <laughs> that shit would give out. And uh, you could fix it, and I never did get another PS2. I just ended up dealing with this all the time, anytime I wanted to use the fucking thing. But you'd have to take the thing completely apart, which was a pain in the ass to do. And you could get into that gear and turn the gear a little bit to raise or lower the lens to get to read the damn disc. And uh, I, it got to the point where I had to do that any time I wanted to watch a DVD or or whatever, like, fucking play a game on that fucker. I had to take it apart, jimmy that disc, uh, the gear, just to play a game. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't I don't really need to do this uh, <laughs> to get a system, like, immediately anymore. I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, but, uh... <clears throat> but, yeah, so that's one of the main reasons I didn't want to go out and uh, get... PS5 right away. Also, the fact that I don't want to pony up that kind of cash right away. Make, figure maybe I'll wait like six to seven months or five years, you know? Who knows? <laughs> I don't feel the need to get it. I'm enjoying playing the games on my uh, PC right now. And my PC's not quite outdated just yet. Uh, so, uh, like, uh, definitely don't feel an urge to go do that. I do like some of the feet. One feature that I saw on the PS5, which I haven't really been paying that much attention to it. Uh, every once in a while, I might click on a story here and there, but uh, <clears throat> I don't really want. Again, I don't want to go like, "Oh shit, I really need to get a uh, PS5." So uh, I don't want to try to convince myself by looking at features it has. But uh, the uh, one feature I did enjoy that I saw was on there it was in, in games like uh, when you're at the main I guess user interface on the uh, on the PS5 and you go to the game that you're going to play when uh, you can scroll down and see it leads you uh, to videos that show you where um, 
we'll, we'll link to videos to show you how to like beat the game and such or just uh <clears throat> basically like video strategy guides uh which I thought was interesting that right it instead of having to go and like search for the game on YouTube or something like it's bam right there right on the system on the user interface you can go down and see uh a guide of sort and i i uh recently had watched the uh uh netflix documentary i think it was high score and they actually get into uh nintendo whenever uh the original nintendo came out the nes they actually had uh i forgot what they called them but they had people like basically professional gamers at the time, they were, I guess they were considered professional gamers. They were just really knowledgeable about game. I guess they were called game counselors. And uh, maybe I guess I had seen it back then because I used to get Nintendo Power back in the day. Um, so I probably saw it, but I don't think I ever called one. But you could call. It was like a hotline you could call. And if you had any questions on like Mega Man or fucking Mario, whatever game. You could call these people, and there would be somebody at the other line that would, like, coach you through, like, okay, this is the level. And they had, apparently, had, like, binders of shit, too, to where they had, like, maps of these games and could, like, tell you what you had to do to get such and such done. But I guess it's probably good I was at least not aware of this, uh, or at least didn't care enough, because uh, I'm sure the, the charges on that were probably not... Uh, not nice. My parents probably wouldn't appreciate that a whole lot if we kept racking up <laughs> big phone bills from calling uh, game counselors for the NES. But there's definitely some games we could have used that on, like Goonies 2, man. Fuck. We could not find that ladder forever. I was an adult when I came back to play that game, and I went back through it, and uh, I was like, holy shit, uh, <laughs> that's where that fucking ladder is, and I was very disappointed. <laughs> to uh to see how easy it actually was to beat. There was uh uh yeah it was very sad. Uh Hmm. I don't know if there's uh I would imagine there's some kind of difference to the uh, controller. But I would hope I'd be able to use my uh scuff controller on there. That was another reason when I got the scuff, like I had to use it on my PC because I was like, well, I don't want to spend all this money on a controller and then be it outdated uh, for the next-gen system. Uh, it looks nice. Unfortunately, you know, I really wish that Sony would put out a professional-grade controller. I mean, Xbox has done that. They've got, like, pro-level elite, like, controllers and they've got the paddles on the back and shit but I don't unless they've done it with this newer one which I don't think they they've done like they don't have like a, a better controller and hopefully these on the PS5 work much better than the PS4 ones because I've had so much shitty tr- luck with the PS4 controllers and the joysticks going out that uh, just madness madness man and I want to lose the rest of the hair that I have. It's uh <laughs> it's brutal. Um I don't know, the controller doesn't look all that different. I'm not seeing 
a whole lot. I'm not sure what exactly is different on it. <sighs> See, on this article on Polygon.com, that's uh, a review here of it, uh, says, which controller has more features? This is not even a contest. The PS5's DualSense adds several major features that its predecessors did not have. The adaptive triggers, which adjust the tension of the triggers based on what's happening on screen, are incredible, as are the new haptics, which make the controller's vibrations far more accurate and varied. DualSense also has a returning touchpad, a gyroscope for motion controls, and built-in speaker. Whereas the new Xbox controller brings with it all of the features the Xbox One controller had and adds a share button and an improved D-pad. But most of the internals are pretty much the same as what was in the Xbox One controller. Uh, Which one has better battery life? Another no contest, but this time it's the Xbox controller. Uh, Oh, you can drop two double A's in it. Uh, should you should grant you between thirty to forty hours of gameplay time? Wow! But you're gonna blow through some batteries, man. Better get some rechargeables. <laughs> uh, interesting though. Hmm. I guess like from reading it, like the adaptable uh, triggers, which I, with the scuff controller, I've got specific triggers on there that's meant for just FPS games that apparently doesn't work very well in other games, so, like, it's advised not to use those, and I've specifically got it for, uh, FPS play. Now, I don't know if these triggers work as good as that, at least for FPS, but, uh, that'd be an interesting thing to look into. Uh... But yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep playing that. As soon as I get off here, I'm going to go back in the shit. I'm going back on another tour of duty. And uh, maybe we're dropping into Nicaragua or going to Moskva, as the uh, locals in Russia call it. That is Moscow here. That's what we call it. For some reason, they pronounce it Moskva. I believe that's how they pronounce it. Maybe I'm totally butchering that. (laughs) I've never been to Moscow. I've just only been to St. Petersburg. Which, uh, I miss traveling. Sad. Sad I won't be able to do that maybe for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, also on Friday the 13th, I had gone to Subway, which I, I, uh, don't do as much as I, as I used to, but I, I went to Subway yesterday. And, uh, I got my food at Subway and I was about to hit up, uh, get my 32 ounce smoothie. Over at Smoothie King, so you get fucking jacked off a pure recharge, like I do every Friday night. So I got to stay up on Friday nights, and uh, I usually work Saturday mornings, which I did yet today. Uh, and uh, need some caffeine if I was gonna not get a whole lot of sleep. So I uh, before I got that smoothie, when I, mean, I was ready for the big payoff, there's this in the. Subway in Washington, Missouri. There, there's a uh, the parking lot's kind of screwy. Like it's a shitty parking lot. But the uh, I think I might have even hit the curb before. But I never really drove over it. Uh, like there's this curb whenever you're pulling out of the parking lot that uh, a lot of people hit. And this girl, I would say she was a, a teenager of some sort. I don't know how old. I'm gonna guess she was probably her first car. She had was there with a friend and pulled over drove over the curb and got her car stuck. It was front wheel drive. 
and the front tire was stuck over the uh over the curb like uh her car was like teetering on the the curb and her front uh passenger side tire was just suspended in the air so it wasn't actually uh gripping anything and it was just spinning so she could, she was just fucking stuck there as uh, her car was stuck on the like the little lip on the the curb and uh some older guy had stopped, and I didn't know if he knew them or what, but I got out of the car and was like, hey, you need some help, you know? I was like, fuck, you know, I can't just, like, <laughs> drive. But I had to drive right next to them and just, like, <laughs> if I was going to just, like, leave there. And they're like, uh, you know, I, I've been in this position many times in my life where some sh- car trouble has happened, uh, whether it was a result of my own stupidity or uh, just... Uh, what have you? Uh, usually, it was because I didn't bother to maintenance my car properly, and it uh, broke down. <laughs> uh, but I've definitely had some incidences where I've either had to rely on help from pure strangers, or uh, I've had to phone it, phone a friend and have them help me. So you know, I, I had to pay uh, pay that back somewhat. So you know, I was like, I offered my my help to uh, get the car out and. Uh, the, the older guy seemed like he, I don't know if he had something to go do, but he he's definitely was all for, like, pawning it off to somebody else. I figured out real quickly, I was like, oh, he doesn't know these these girls. <laughs> like, he's just offering up his advice. And I was I was trying to take uh, these big rocks that were uh, near the car and stick them under the tire to where it would gain traction and to where it would just, you know, be able to pull it all out. For some reason, he wanted to back the car up he was worried that the the lip over there on the curb was going to like rip up the bottom of the car which was a, a concern i'd say but the way uh it was on there but uh I, my initial thought was to push it forward uh but pushing it backwards wasn't working um <laughs> and there was a guy that was uh, that works at subway actually came out and uh he uh he might have done more than i did but <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I did a whole lot. Uh, but uh, we we ended up uh, deciding there was another lady. I think she might have known the two the older lady that I think, I don't know if it was one of their mothers or something. So It seemed like she might have known the two girls, but she was uh, trying to help out too. And she's like saying, you know, yeah, we should push it forward. And uh, we actually, with put, putting the rocks right underneath it, I was actually trying to, they had a jack. The subway guy had a jack. And I was like, we, we, my f- first thought like was just to like jack it up enough to where we could slide a rock underneath it, really wedge it under there so it had something. But uh, he couldn't get the jack underneath there. There just wasn't enough room. So, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, we just ended up pushing, putting the car. She put the car in drive, and we pushed it over the rocks that I that we had wedged in front of the tire, and uh, it came out. Didn't have to get around. Uh, uh, a toe from anybody, so the the girl was uh, rather appreciative, um, and uh, yeah, that so that was exciting. Though you know, it, it took a while to get my my smoothie. I was really jonesing for that caffeine, <laughs> uh, but I got it, and uh, I was able to go to call do some Call of Duty action. And man, there was definitely some shitty moments I've had in cars. And, uh, like, uh, Trebejo and I, and I believe we talked about this on the podcast, 
years ago. But uh, I was with Trebejo, and I had my first car that I owned, the uh, 87 Plymouth Horizon. And I treated that car like complete and utter shit. I mean, I changed the oil on that maybe a couple of times. <laughs> I barely kept that thing running <laughs> at that. When something would break in or something wasn't working right, I would take parts off of other things in the car that I didn't think were necessary to fix other things. So I would try to find, like, if it was missing a nut, I would find a nut somewhere else. And, like, okay, like, well, you know, there was stuff like the AC unit was taken off there anyway. So if there was anything involving the AC unit, I figured I could take that off. But there was shit that I was like, I don't know what this is for, but I don't think it's necessary. So I'd take that off and then, uh, <laughs> like, fix the other part. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I didn't do the greatest job of maintenance. But one time I was with Trebejo and we were, uh, I think we were going to Crestwood Mall back when that existed, and I think we were going to go hit up the arcade there, which we enjoyed doing a lot. That was uh, fun times. And, man, I can't imagine driving that far all the time. Like, in a vehicle like that now, I'm like, that car was so fucking unsafe and uh, so unreliable <laughs> with this little shit that I did to it. But uh, we we did, and uh, we we were on our way to uh crestwood from washington missouri which was shit i don't know i'm sure what like that was that like a 30 something minute drive uh i'm not sure anymore i haven't done that drive in a while but uh but yeah we did that and uh we were on uh interstate 44 and uh we probably would have made it to crestwood which would have sucked i guess worse had we made it all the way there but um, there was construction going on. Uh, I think it was between Grace Summit and Pacific, so we didn't get very far out of Washington. But there was this construction going on to where we had to stop. Now, had I not had to stop, a car probably would have made it to the final destination because the uh, fuel pump gave out when I stopped. <laughs> And it just wasn't getting any fucking fuel. It was like, oh, fuck. And we were, I had to pull it to the side of the interstate. And then uh, Trebejo and I took turns, uh, like one would steer while the other would push the car. And uh, (laughs) uh, one would push it for a bit. And then once it got some momentum, like hop on the back of it and just let it ride. And we pushed it for a good long period, like alternating until finally uh, we got to this hill that I don't think either one of us would have been able to push it up very well. <laughs> I mean, it was a long fucking hill. It would have been a real bitch. The car was really light, though. Like, I don't know. Maybe we could have done it. The car was super light, but it would have been a real pain to try and <laughs> push that up a hill like that, that steep. And, uh, but that at that point, thankfully, somebody a stra- a complete stranger at that. Um, I don't know the guy's name. I I mean it was. Whew, we're talking over twenty years ago, uh, so I don't really remember. I can't even remember what the guy looked like or or anything. But uh, he he was super nice. Just pulled over and uh, asked if we knew anybody nearby that could help us and stuff. And uh, Trebejo knew somebody 
I guess it was in Pacific. He was Gray Summer or Pacific. He had a buddy that you could uh, come and uh, pick us up. So uh, <clears throat> I think. Well, I don't know if he was going to try to maybe help fix it, but like I know he uh, just some stranger gave uh, Trebejo a ride to his buddy's house, and then they came and picked me up, and we, we left my car there, and then. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I did for whatever reason. I guess I didn't even. Look, I didn't have much money at all, and I had like almost no money. Uh, I don't even remember if I was employed at the time, but uh, I might have been in between jobs. There was uh, I don't even think I looked into whether or not I could afford a tow truck, but I knew it was going to be a long tow, and my uh, then stepdad. Offered to help me tow it. <laughs> and in hindsight, I'm thinking I could have at least afforded to buy a fucking tow chain. For whatever reason. He thought it was a good... Uh, he didn't think it would be a big deal if we just went and towed it with uh, his truck. And uh, some rope. <laughs> now, uh, you know, I was fucking 18 at the time, I guess. Maybe not the brightest. Yeah, not the brightest. We'll say that. <laughs> I can I can say that with confidence. I was not the brightest. I didn't have much knowledge when it came to uh, cars in general, much less like towing them. Not to say that I have like vast amounts of knowledge now, but uh, I would advise strongly against towing a car for long distance, especially on the side of a highway with a fucking rope. <laughs> not a great idea, especially when it's a very thin rope. Um, that was a very nerve-wracking ride. That was one of the worst nerve-wracking rides I've ever been on in my life. Like, I was, I was a nervous driver back then anyway, because I had been driving for very long. And then, uh, you know, it worked all right for the most part, the rope, but, like, it snapped several times. And the problem was, like, we did go, once we got, to an exit and it took a little bit to get to an exit like we stayed on the shoulder telling this thing um <clears throat> till we got off the interstate and then we tried to take back roads back home to avoid traffic you know I had my hazard lights on and such but man like there's you gotta do it just right with that rope on there if you lay on your brakes too long like and too much tension gets on that rope it's gonna snap real fucking easy then again you know it's not like we had that much slack on the rope and i didn't want to run into my then stepdad's uh truck it was his baby uh so i'd have to hit my brakes to where i didn't run into his vehicle and then i'd have to watch out the worst part the kept like snapping and like there was a couple of times we had to stop on a hill for a stoplight and there was cars right behind me and they did not uh give me any room and so i couldn't roll back much and uh <laughs> i remember one in particularly that uh there was somebody like right on my ass and i had my hazards on and everything and they did not leave me any room back there so i had to wait until it had just the perfect amount of tension on that rope before i could let go of the uh the brakes and uh <laughs> It was uh it was not fun. It was not fun. Wouldn't advise it. And uh a, a very 
good reason why you should keep your car regularly maintenanced. Um, which I've gotten better at ish. <laughs> at least recently, I've been doing better. There for a while, I did let my car there for a while go really bad on the oil change. I waited way too fucking long, long way, 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 way too long with the oil change on that. Uh, but I, I know like the stuff going out in the car right now, so I, I. <laughs> Not I haven't been as good as I should should be. Like there's uh, definitely stuff I've let go out in that car. Pretty sure the uh, transmission's going out in it, and it's just like, oh, do I really want to fix shit on the car if transmission's going to go out? That's going to be just too much. I'm probably just going to get a different car. <laughs> so it's to the point of like, oh, do I really want to fix anything on it? But I also don't want to, you know, be driving in a death trap. That's that's fun. As I, as I did, uh, which when uh, Toddy, the Todd was on the podcast many years ago, I believe we had brought this up. We drove one of the tr- our trips to Chicago with Trebejo and Todd. We had gone to Chicago. I had a Plymouth Breeze at that time. It was the second car that I ever owned, which I've only I guess owned three cars. At uh, the <laughs> I had let the brakes go in that car so bad. Um, there was like a leak in the brake line, and I just kept filling it back up with brake oil, the brake fluid. Uh, yeah, the brake fluid. Um, <laughs> and uh, like the pads were just like gone and shit in this fucking thing. And you'd have to to brake in the car. <laughs> you'd have to brake like way early. And just slowly ride on that brakes to get it to finally stop and stuff. So it was like almost like driving a forklift. If you ever drive one of those, like there's not really brakes. You just kind of let go of, you know, the the accelerator <laughs> or put it in reverse. Like that's a way to to get it to stop. But uh, I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we drove to Chicago. There was, uh, we were, uh, we had made the decision because, like, we had gone to Chicago once before as a, as the, the three of us, the three musketeers, as it were, and, uh, the one, two, three. And, uh, the first trip, uh, Todd had taken his vehicle and he said, like, okay, next time, like, one of you guys has got to do it. And we, we had, had a conversation about it. I don't remember it very well. We had made it a conversation, and Trebejo had uh, agreed. We were like, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll drive." It's like because I was like, "Man, I don't have fucking my brakes are shot." <laughs> then Trebejo shows up at the day like we are waiting in Fenton at uh, Todd's uh, mother's house for him, and he shows up uh, as we're I mean, we're ready to go. We're going to Chicago, and uh, we're gonna stay overnight and and such and. Uh, <laughs> He shows up in his uh, in his truck, which is a very small truck. I can't remember. It was a Chevy or... But it, there's a very small cab, and it would have been a rough ride. Uh, you know, it's like, what, a six-hour drive, I think, to Chicago from Fenton, something like that. Long fucking drive. And we're like, whoa, hey, we're taking that? to Like, we can't take that to Chicago. And then, he's, then he was just... Uh, it's just pro- like uh, he just, I guess, thought somehow he thought I was gonna drive up there, but uh, I had no brakes, and uh, so then we took my car that didn't have brakes really, and then almost right out of the gate, almost right out of the gate, 
almost had an accident. <laughs> there was uh it was on 44 somewhere in the St. Louis area. There was again uh I don't remember if it was construction. I don't think it was construction. I think there must have been an accident. But there was a traffic jam and I had to stop immediately and I couldn't. So I actually had to get off the road. <laughs> into the shoulder before I so I didn't hit anybody <laughs> I tried to stop it wasn't working I got in the shoulder but I managed to avoid like uh and that was on the way up there I mean we had made it like 20 minutes if not even 20 minutes of driving before I almost killed us all because <laughs> this car didn't have brakes and then we then continued on to Chicago I drove all the way to Chicago and back in this car that Brakes pretty much were non-existent. <laughs> like, if there was ever a dumber idea. Like, for some reason, I didn't give a shit. Like, I didn't really drive it out of town much. So, like, it wasn't like a... Like, I just drove it, like, to work and back, which was a very short distance. So, like, I didn't really care that much that, for whatever reason, I didn't <laughs> see it that big of a necessity to uh, prioritize that as far as uh, money went. <laughs> into fixing that you know I had video games and other stuff I had to deal with very important things and uh, <laughs> yeah but uh, I thankfully uh, if I know my car's having problems if I can tell it's having problems definitely brakes like man I'm like yeah go get the fucking brakes fixed uh, you know I'll show I, I have a credit card now it's alright I'll just put it on there it'll work out <laughs> Thankfully, I don't do that stupid shit anymore. Quite that, quite that stupid. Not saying I'm greatest at car repair and stuff now. Speaking of repairs, though, I've been uh, getting my old Les Paul back out again. The uh, the guitar, uh, and I've been learning Tool. The last few days, learning some Stink Fist uh, mainly, because that's a classic one to play on guitar. And uh, I got the tone right. I just happened to have the uh, same exact flanger pedal that he has, and I probably uh, that Adam Jones from Tool has. And I probably got it around the same time he got his flanger because it was sometime in the '90s when I got it, unknowing that Tool that I would become a big Tool fan and that uh, he used the same flanger. But uh, I'm trying to repair. Les Paul as it's got shorts in it and the wiring's just shot the pots and everything the potentiometers they're no, not so great in there anymore and uh it I mean I could probably fix it up enough to where it would be like I can jimmy around with the wires in there and get it to where it, like it'll actually uh play on an amp I know which pot is shortened out I could probably just desolder it and then resolder it and like at least stop the short or whatever. But nah, <laughs> like I I got uh, stuff off of uh, let's see what is this, uh, darkmoon.nyc. It's uh, the this company that uh, builds custom pickups and uh, wiring harnesses. They have pre-wired uh, pots and all that. And uh, you do end up having to do some soldering and such, but it was uh, I got some the all the p- 
pots of the four pots that I need, the pickup select selector switch, and the output jack, all that, and it's uh, pre pre wired like everything's soldered except for you know I, I'll have to solder the wires to like the pickups and such. But for the most part, I mean, it should make it pretty easily to drop that in there and uh, connect it all myself. Although I'm, I've never attempted to do that myself. Uh, so I, I don't know how well I'll do. I guess if all else fails, I can then just desolder it and try it again or what have you. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that ter- makes my guitar sound. Like it's also got uh, selectors. Or well, not uh, uh, what is the term? You can actually uh, do more with the uh, the pots on there. Uh, you can pull them out and it splits the uh, the humbuckers and such or whatever. Splits the uh, one of my th- I can't think of the term, but it does more than what my pots currently do, and uh, I'll have more options in tone. And uh, I am interested in trying out some of their pickups, man. They got some cool custom pickups. I've heard some videos of them, uh, what they sound like. They sound nice, and they got really cool artwork, fun fact. Not that the artwork matters much, but you can get custom covers and stuff for your uh, pickups with Mother of Pearl inlays, and uh, they'll they'll, uh, do even more stuff like, I don't know what kind of chargers they add if it's not actually on the the choices on their site, but I know that you can put in specific uh, custom designs in. Uh the sounds do do sound great. I've seen a video where a guy did a uh, uh, custom build of a Strat, like made the Super Strat, and uh, man, it sounded nice. It sounded really nice. And I, at some point, I might just like contact them about getting uh, Adam Jones type sound with uh, pickups. As uh, actually now, the Adam Jones was made. He was very. Uh, it's been very secretive about everything with his tones and stuff. So it's, and with him putting out this signature guitar that he just put out, which sold out within minutes of it being like active, uh, <laughs> which is insane. I mean, there's two versions of this uh, signature guitar he's got. There's the VOS one, which is like not aged or signed, is like. St- the initial cost list price for it was a uh, six grand, and then the aged and signed silver burst guitar is the uh, seventy nine silver burst. By the way, that's the the guitar that Adam Jones from Tool uh, uses all the time. And uh, the signed and aged one is ten grand list price. But uh, <laughs> since it immediately sold out, man, people are fucking going nuts over this thing. There was a a whole pallet of these guitars that was going to the uh, uh, website Sweetwater. They uh, sell musical equipment, and uh, they said it was something like a hundred grand worth of guitars. It was all those guitars on this pallet. The people that stole it just stole that pallet. They knew what they were looking for, and they got that whole fucking pallet. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I want to see what uh, the biggest number here uh is what they're selling for on reverb um let's see here 
I know that I think there was up to like 30 grand. Um Let's see here. Do 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 maybe a go to reverb here. That's not an Adam Jones one. This is just a 68 silver burst. That's 8 grand. Fuck you. <laughs> They might already be completely sold out. Uh, okay, there's two available, starting at twenty four thousand dollars. Well, twenty three thousand nine hundred seventy nine. Oof, that's a custom mage one. Then there's another one for thirty six thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, only way I'm getting that from somebody is if. Uh, Hey, I steal it, or uh, which is not going to happen. I'm not stealing a guitar, especially one worth that much, man. I'm going to have some heat on you for that. Fuck. Uh, but if I were to win Powerball, you know, later. I think, too, the uh, stolen ones, I think there's a, a website. I couldn't tell you what it is, but you can actually look up the uh, serial numbers of the stolen ones, so... Like, if I were to buy one of these used ones here, I would be concerned that would be one of the stolen ones. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that wouldn't be cool. <laughs> but I'm working on my Les Paul, which is actually, mine is a, uh, I looked it up, is a 98. It was made in Korea. It's an Epiphone Les Paul, Les Paul so it's it's not a Gibson. Uh, but I've upgraded already a little bit. I uh, changed out the tuners, which was a little nerve-wracking. I put in some Grover locking tuners, which are super nice. Uh, man, if you've never used locking tuners, it's so much nicer to change a screen. When, it's a screen, a string uh, when you got those locking tuners. That is fantastic stuff. Um, they look super sharp, too. They're the gold uh, tuners. And uh, it, it's a Epiphone. I think I think it's actually considered a like an elite. Let's see here, fine. It it's a 1998. Uh, uh, let's see here. There we go. Semi hollow, less less Paul. And I I think they maybe referred to as an elite or something like that. Uh, yeah, the Paul Elite semi hollow body. Um, I got it off of Musician's Friend, and I want to say I initially paid like seven fifty or something like that for it. But I loved the fact I uh, wanted to get a Les Paul. You know, growing up as a fan of rock music, and uh, that you know, obviously a lot of people that I enjoyed listening to played Les Pauls. Now, uh, I prefer a Strat over a Les Paul. And I had already had a Stratocaster by the time I had gotten this Les Paul. <clears throat> but, uh, it, uh, yeah, I want to say it was like $750, $800, something like that when I got it. And, uh, it, it has a, a lot of great sustain when you hear it with the semi hollow body. And I really wanted, I got the semi hollow body. One, I, I thought it looked nice. Also, I was like, Les Pauls are really fucking heavy. And the semi-hollow just seemed pretty fantastic. And I always like semi-hollow bodies with the F-shaped holes. And so it's kind of, you know, kind of got a vibe of the ES-335 
but in a Les Paul. So I, uh, so I remember ordering that and like being really excited and couldn't tell you how much I actually played it when I initially got it. I must've played it quite a bit. It seems like I, I didn't play it all that much, but I mean, it's definitely got seen some wear and tear through the years and, uh, they must've used some really cheap fret wire on it. Cause there's, it's got dings in the fretboard and, uh, it's hard to uh, do bends and stuff on the high E because there's like dents in the fretboard. So it definitely needs like to get refretted, which is not real cheap. And to do it yourself, you need, you know, some, some decent tools. And for me to get those tools, like I might as well just pay for somebody to refret the damn thing before I fuck it up myself. But, uh, I, I replace it once I replace the electronics in it, the pots and stuff. I think it's going to sound a lot better. I've got some Seymour Duncans in there that I had, uh, uh, Kevin Lichtefeld, uh, who I know, I don't know if he listens to every show, but I know he's listened to some. He, uh, he actually replaced them for me. Uh, he put those, uh, Seymour Duncans in there. I couldn't tell you what the fucking actual model was on them, though. But, uh, what I was getting back to with Adam Jones, though, like he, what I'm trying to get it to, to get an Adam Jones like tone out of the guitar and, He's actually finally with his this Les Paul that he's put out the signature model. He's got this. You can look at the specs, like you, so you know what you know humbuckers and stuff are in there. There's like a see the uh, neck ones. Uh, shit, I don't know. It's a humbucker. Uh, I think it's I think it's a Gibson humbucker. Um, it's like a Pro Bucker. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I don't think he really even uses that bridge one a whole hell of a lot. Um, the one, uh, let's see here. I got it here. Do, 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 do headstock. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's a, what's oh, a custom bucker. Um, and then the, uh, bridge one, which is the real important one. That's the one I'm sure he uses the most out of. That's where you're going to get all your distortion, all that. Um, that one is the real important one. That one is a custom wound Seymour Duncan DDJ, which is, I believe was really popular in the eighties. A lot of eighties bands stuff rock those, uh, DDJs. Um, he's like metal and stuff and they don't, they don't make that anymore. Like you can get some off like reverb. It looks like now that people are buying them up, especially now that people know that Adam Jones is using that, in his guitar, it looks like other people are getting the idea to mod that, but I figured I'd try, I mean, pickups in general are expensive anyway, and it's really not, like, if I were to go to this Dark Moon website, they actually, uh, their prices on their pickups are not bad, like, if I was, like, I'm gonna pay just as much as I would just getting, like, a Seymour Duncan, so, and I can get this, like, custom, like, designed and stuff on the outside, so, like, it's pretty cool to, to go there and, like, see, uh, uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, let's see, the standard humbucker. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at like 145 to 150. I can get an inlaid humbucker for 150 from this uh, New York shop, and I, from what I've heard on their videos, like it sounds something like damn good humbuckers. But I mean, you're gonna pay the same amount for like a Seymour Duncan. You're not not going to have nearly the options as far as like design goes that, uh, so I'm, I'm curious to, 
I mean, if it sounds good with this wiring, I might just turn around and get a pickup or two from them, at least a bridge pickup, and see if uh, just curiosity, because, I mean, you can email them and, like, tell them kind of what tone you're going for, and they'll try to, they'll try to, you know, work with you on it, so I figure maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll uh, be able to nail it. I'm I'm curious to see how good that would sound. Obviously, though, I don't have Adam Jones's amp setup, which is a you know that's where a lot of that tone is going to come from. I have a effects pedal or two effects pedals that he uses, or a couple rather, but uh, I don't have like a volume pedal, which is a big one he uses. Uses that like constantly in songs, and he uses that to uh, take off a lot of the distortion. Because in tool songs, you have where it gets uh, the guitar gets more quiet and like the take drops off the distortion. It's more of a clean guitar, and he's getting that f- with a volume pedal, which would be a, a huge thing uh, if I really wanted to nail that tone down. But uh, he uses uh, usually runs with like two separate amps. Like, he's going out in a uh, Marshall. Uh, I'm not sure which version Marshall, which I've got a Marshall, but not not as nice of one as Adam Jones has. But the real kicker is he uses a diesel amplifier. And uh, I wasn't real familiar with those until recently. Those things, it's I believe it's a German amplifier, and they are fucking expensive. <laughs> they are, like, super, super expensive. Um you're looking at like between even with a used one they're uh tube amps and uh just the amp head you're going to pay somewhere in the midst of like 2 to like 5 grand for a fucking amp head and uh <laughs> that that's a bit pricey i don't think i want to be dropping that kind of money on uh on a fucking <laughs> uh uh, just to sound like uh, Adam Jones, unless I'm gonna like start a Tool cover band and where I'm just, uh, you know, making money off of it, I'd have to make some money off it. It's a, it is a German uh, amplifier. It's apparently based in Bad Steben, uh, Germany. Founded by Peter Diesel and Peter Stapfer. Yeah, and uh, let's see what other bands and artists. I wonder. It says the following bands and artists use or have used these lamps. Kill Switch and Gage. Adam, it just says Adam Jones of Tool. <laughs> didn't just say Tool. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, they don't they don't list the guitarists from Kill Switch and Gage. They just say Kill Switch and Gage. I imagine more than one of their guitarists use it. Um <clears throat> Matthew Bellamy of Muse, okay. Metallica. I didn't know Metallica used diesel. Um, Dave Menichetti of Y&T. I'm not sure. Oh, Billy Corgan uses it. Nine Inch Nails. GNR Slipknot. There's some big names in here. Oh, Mastodon, Korn. West Borland uses it. Uh, Buckethead. There we go. I finally seen pictures, by the way, of what uh, Buckethead actually looks like. I was like, "Oh, that's of what they people have." A lot of people say that's actually Buckethead, but apparently, I guess his name's Brian Patrick Carroll. <laughs> uh, 
That guy's really good at the guitar, though. He's he's got some good shit. Uh, do like some Buckethead. I wonder if he's really that weird. Like when you meet him, it's like I mean, you, he gives the impression. Oh, Weezer uses Diesel too. I thought they were uh, they used Marshalls, but I guess uh, Weezer uses uh, some old some Diesels. Why not? They got a lot of money. I mean, if I had a fuck ton of money in it, I'd made my living off of music. I, fuck yeah, I'd buy a diesel amplifier. <laughs> I'd do that shit up, yo. I mean, if I were to win Powerball or something, I'd, I'd pick up a diesel amp and maybe throw down 30 grand on a Adam Jones signature guitar. I'm just hoping that, uh, well, I really don't need another guitar, but, you know, it would be cool to have an Adam Jones signature. He does have, like, a two-year contract or something like that with Gibson so there's more than likely he will put out a Epiphone version of the uh, Silver Burst guitar which you no know, won't be as nice I don't know if they'll have the cool uh, they do have uh, artwork on the back of uh, the headstock that him and uh, this female artist I don't recall her name like uh, designed they got some stuff on the tuning keys uh, and the headstock itself like this kind of cool design those things, uh, those the seventy nine bursts are different than most other bursts, like silver burst guitars. They actually, uh, like most of them, just have the burst on the front of the uh, body of the uh, guitar, and the rest of it's you know black on the back and on the neck. Whereas the seventy nine had a burst on the back and throughout the neck. So that's, uh oh, did it record? Oh, it's catching back up. I think it's still recording. <laughs> Uh, this is one shitty laptop I'm using. I should definitely just retire this thing or try to redo the uh, operating system because I feel like it's probably got a virus or two in there. It's probably got chlamydia. I think it's going to be Al Capone type thing where uh, it's just going to die of, uh, I think it was chlamydia that got him. <laughs> That's totally what, uh, I probably gave it chlamydia, you know, from uh, the fact that, I, yeah. I don't know how I got it, but I gave it to that computer somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did watch, uh, of course, the latest episode of Mandalorian. And uh, it was kind of cool. They had, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, they have, uh, he runs into some more Mandalorians, but they're not uh, Mandalorians like he is. They're not hardcore about the wearing the mask at all times. They're actually ones that were uh, specific man, the, the Bo-Katan, I think is her name. She was in uh, Clone Wars. And uh, fun fact, the actress that did the voice acting on Clone Wars for, uh, believe her name again, Bo-Katan, maybe I've got that wrong, uh, without looking, uh, she, uh, the actress that voiced her on Clone Wars, the uh, cartoon, like also... Uh, is the actress that plays her on Mandalorian. So that was kind of cool. They did that. And they do mention, of course, Ahsoka Tana on uh, uh, the end there. <laughs> so one would assume that she, uh, Rosario Dawson makes an appearance. Uh, Ahsoka Tano... Uh, will make an experience, uh, appearance in the next episode. I mean, there's only fucking eight episodes. I hope they don't have more episodes 
or at least this episode. I mean, it was a decent episode. Uh, it seemed like it drove the plot along, whereas the last episode, it's almost like uh, the last episode was very reminiscent of X-Files, how they would have, uh, they call them monster episodes, I believe this is what they usually refer to them as, where they would have uh, episodes that were about the conspiracy, the government conspiracy with the aliens and everything that drove the plot of the show along. They'd have those, but then in between a lot of the shows, they'd have stuff that had nothing to do with the main plot of the total arc of the show. It was just involving a, a monster of some uh, mutant or you know monster that, that like uh, somebody with like powers, like they would uh, go investigate. Which could be entertaining episodes, but you know it could be really infuriating when you're like, "Oh, it's only a couple episodes left of the season," and you're like, "Oh, god damn it! There's another one, just a monster episode." I was hoping for a, <laughs> I needed some plot, man. I needed some character development. <laughs> but uh, that was sort of like what I felt the last episode of uh, the Star. It was an all right episode, but knowing that there's only eight episodes, it's like I feel like. Yeah, it is a fun fact, though. Bo-Katan, I had that right. Um, but uh, I <laughs> I feel like with only eight episodes, like, you could give us every episode could, you know, involve, help drive the plot of the fucking thing along. I guess there was a couple important elements in that last episode, though. That you did find out that the guys that uh, were the uh, New Republic uh, fighter pilots and stuff were kind of after him but like let him go and go like well you know you didn't you did help save our buddy whatever <laughs> so you get an idea that like I guess the New Republic's not hardcore after Din Djarin, so and uh it was fun you know watching Baby Yoda eat this woman's children <laughs> that was good stuff we are the it was it was good stuff with the, seeing the Mandalorians in action this latest episode, and I I'm excited to see some uh, some Jedi action. Hopefully, in the next episode, if we don't get Ahsoka in the next one, hopefully we'll see some Boba Fett, as we didn't get any Boba Fett this current one. We just got a glimpse of him in the last uh, in the very first episode. So yeah, we yeah. So it's been a couple episodes now with no more Boba Fett. <clears throat> Hopefully we get get to see that and some Ahsoka. So that'll be uh that'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. And uh I guess that's about all I've got. I uh Yeah, I uh I think I, I think I'm done here. Um uh as uh Yeah, I was just thinking, is there anything else? I, man, it's too Less than two weeks now before uh, Thanksgiving. Hopefully everybody has a uh, good and uh, safe Thanksgiving. Is uh, fucking you know, a lot of people are getting sick and shit. There was a unfortunately a fourteen year old boy that uh, just passed away from coronavirus here in Washington, Missouri. I didn't, I didn't know him, or I, I don't believe anybody I know knew him. I mean, there's a good chance. I mean, he's here in Washington, Missouri. It's not that big of a population. I probably know somebody that knew him. But, uh, I mean, he, I think he, like, it was only like a week after he got it, something like that. My, I don't my knowledge on the facts are maybe not that great, but 
It's getting bad out there, you know. Be careful. Uh, but, uh, shit, man. Uh, as always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.